Welcome into the Siouxland Sports Insider High School Football Podcast, and we're looking at week six here already, uh, five weeks in the books. Uh, we'd like to uh, give credit to our sponsors here, our uh, title sponsor, CNOS, uh, Sioux City Ford Lincoln, and Fairway Grocery Stores of Siouxland. Um, we appreciate their support of our podcast, magazine, and website all season long. And uh, Mitch McCumber, uh, my partner, joins me. And uh, Mitch, uh, here we sit, halfway point of the season. Um, and uh, some intriguing matchups this week. We've kind of, uh, you know, I, I like how we do this because we don't just focus on the teams that are right here in the Metro in Sioux City. We bounce it out a little bit of ways. And uh, there's some good football being played uh, around the perimeter of Sioux City here. Absolutely. And you, you really hit it on the, the head with uh, going to the perimeter. There's, you know, a. Uh, Two undefeateds out in the West Lion, Rock Rapids area, West Lion yeah. and Central Lion. Two um, real good teams. Yeah, you got a really good, talented Sioux Center team up yep. there. Uh, mm-hmm. And you go a little bit farther off on Highway 20, Woodbury Central's got a good yep. program. Once again. Um, you know, even in town, I think, you know, turning heads this year. Um, they did suffer their first loss of the season. Yeah. But Bishop Heelan's, Heelan's doing well. Yep. Um, South Sioux City's doing really well. They just had a really rough game <clears> against <throat> Millard West. But a lot of teams um, all around playing really good football. Uh, Logan Magnolia all the way down there. Um, and you can't forget about those teams in, in Council Bluffs area. Um, Lewis Central having a little bit of a struggle uh, this year. But they play some really, yeah. really hefty competition um, in, in their, their bracket. And then you always have the – the juggernaut in 3A in Harlan, and they just seem to keep cruising yeah. along. Uh, but, yeah, just kind of able to, to widen it out. We're not talking a lot about the, the city schools. Well, later on here we're going to talk about MOC, so another Orange City um, area school. But we'll start off uh, against a team, Cherokee, Washington, that we highlighted last week yep. against uh, a really good, and I mean really good, Central Lion team uh, where they kind of got trounced. <coughs> 52-7. to seven. Uh, They take on a West Lion team, so they kind of familiar foes, familiar faces. Uh, it's a school that's not that far apart from each other. Um, they go to West Lion to play West Lion's homecoming. Yep. And, uh, you know, you just lost two games back-to-back. That we, I didn't know how the Western Christian game was going to affect them going into Central Lion. Um, you can't let a two-game skid turn into a three-game skid if you're Cherokee-Washington. Um, and then if you're, you're West Lion... You know, you played one of your closer games of the year against the Western Christian team that just beat uh, Cherokee Washington the week before. Yeah. Um, so you got to feel pretty confident coming out. Uh, they they've done a really good job with the the balance they've had: 679 passing yards and 686 rushing yards. They're a really good defensive team as well. And this is a team, Marty, that hardly ever turns the ball over. Yeah. One passing interception. I believe they don't have. Um, very many, if any, fumbles on the the uh, the young season, and they all they have gotten five fumble recoveries on the defensive side. So they're a team that takes care of the ball really well. Yeah. And when you have a guy like Childress, um, quarterback, throwing for five, almost 600 yards, 594 and nine touchdowns. Tate Hoff running the ball and receiving. Um, and you got Jackson Hauser doing a little bit of both on both sides of the ball. This team's fulfilled with a lot of juniors, which you talked about in previous times and we saw them at, you know when they came to our media days it's a junior-led team that normally is a, a team that's got a lot of experience but you know they learned from those guys from last year when they yeah. were sophomores and yeah. they've they've taken on the reins and i think they've <clears throat> outperformed expectations you know not only just in the locker room but around the area 
you know, cause we talked to, to some, some coaching staff and like, Hey, listen, it's going to be a, it's a young, yeah. you know, kind of quote unquote unproven team that yeah. we have. And, you know, through the first five games, Marty, they've done nothing but impress and prove to me that they're a legit team. Um, I'm really excited to see that, you know, their matchup later on in the season versus Central Lion. I think it's going to be a little closer game than what has been played in the past. And, you know, it's a West Lion team that's that's playing some really, really good football, playing fundamental sound football. Um, but the offense, when it gets its little stride, it's going. I mean, you look at the pass yards per completion, almost 20 yards of pass completion. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a team that doesn't turn you over, gets big gap plays on offense, or that turns you over, doesn't turn the ball over themselves, and gets yeah. big gap plays on offense. I mean, you're you're literally a special teams magician away from having the most complete team on the northwest side of Iowa. You know, credit to, to the coaching staff at West Line and credit to the kids, you know, buying into – to the culture there a lot of the young faces on this roster that are going to turn over and play next year um a lot of a lot of good things i've seen so far first game five games out of west line yeah for sure and you know you talk about being on that plus ledger of the turnover margin and all that that's you know the, that's how you win and uh you mentioned these juniors i just think this is such a well-established football program that you know kids come in as freshmen they know they're the understudy, and then they learn. And um, when their time comes um, to run out underneath the stadium lights, they're ready to go. So credit the coaching staff on uh, game prep and uh, just the development of this team. I think they've got great leadership from uh, you know their seniors, but also their underclassmen um, are welcome to lead as well, and they're definitely doing that. Big thing to watch in this game. Uh, about the same amount of passing uh, attempts, uh, a little bit more yardage for West Lion, and then just 40 more rushing attempts, not even 36 more rushing mm-hmm. attempts for Cherokee Washington, but 1,000 yards. So this team runs 9.6 yards per carry. If they're going to be a team that wants to kind of drag this game out, a team that is okay and used to that. You saw their first game against Sioux Center. Uh, against Sioux Center, they won 14-2. to They're okay with playing a slower-paced game. It's going to be the team that really coughs the ball up because Cherokee Washington is going to play their tempo type of game, run it. Um, they will throw it when they have to, and then West Lyon just has to take care of the ball um, on offense and try to force Cherokee Washington in some positions to turn the ball over themselves. Yep. and should be a good one. Uh, homecoming too. It's a lot of yeah. a lot of excitement out there, um, and uh, it'll be at uh, West Lyon uh, in the that little community school there on the corner of. Uh, the 180th Street and uh, should be a should be a good one for this Friday and then we'll go from West Lion over to Kingsley Pearson yeah um, and little uh little little thing on the line it is a coaches versus cancer night I believe as well and there's also a little uh, little history and a little uh, prize that they're playing for besides just a win in the win column Marty yeah little brown jug um. I think there's one played between Michigan and Minnesota, in fact, college football. But, uh, yeah, kind of a neat deal. And they haven't met since 2009, uh, which Woodbury Central took home the little brown jug. But, uh, yeah, kind of a neat headline um, for these two uh, Siouxland schools hooking up here tomorrow night, Mitch. And, and two really, really good quarterbacks, I think, in their respected areas. Uh, you got Drew Clunder, who's already surpassed 1,000 passing yards yeah. through five games, uh, nine touchdowns and on the ground. 
uh, four touchdowns rushing. And congratulations to Drew on his uh, commitment, too. Absolutely. Yeah. And then you flip over to the other side, Kingsley Pearson. Uh, you, Bo Goodwin's been uh, just a, a workhorse offensively and defensively. Yeah. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, he's thrown for nearly 1,000 yards, ran for um, – 371 and has nine touchdowns through the air and on the ground. And then go to the defensive side, uh, 48 and a half tackles, six tackles for loss, three sacks, two fumble recoveries, and four interceptions. Every single play he's looking to get his hands on the football, whether on offense or defense, he's going to be the key piece. If Woodbury Central wants to continue their winning ways, they need to at least, you know, um, kind of limit his uh, attempts and touches uh, on offense um, and especially keep him in contain because he's a dangerous quarterback that can move um, outside the pocket. And, you know, when a play breaks down, that's, that's when he's at his best. So making sure that they really keen in on, on Bo. And then, you know, on the other side, you know, we talk about Clunder all the time, Butler and McGill, I think yeah. are the best receiving They're running back duo. core yeah. that, that we, we cover in, in this area. You know, yeah. Zach Butler's approaching 500 yards rushing and has 11 uh, touchdowns on the ground, but also a receiving back. And Eric McGill, uh, arguably one of the best, you know, one-on-one guys that you have. Great athlete, yeah. Him and Clunder's connection, uh, you kind of just know body language-wise, like, hey. Their chemistry is really good. And you can tell every every time they line up, if they have a mismatch, you know, Drew's going to find him in an open spot or know if he has to go back shoulder. They're just, Mm -hmm. it's it's a connection that's been there. You know, you can tell they've been playing for a long time together. And it's it's brought a lot of success for them, but uh, this game's kind of interesting too. You look at the the team's uh, records: Kings Peterson four and one, and uh, Woodbury Central undefeated. The, you know the the loss they had was against a similar team. Played a Logan Magnolia team early in the year. Did Kingsley Pearson lost a kind of ugly game? Kings, I know Logan Magnolia just ran the crap out of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they ran for like four or five hundred yards, just a crazy amount. Um, so if Kingsley Pearson falls into a game like that again, you might take drew out of the game it, passing wise but you're really gonna have to keen in on uh butler and i think it's just it's hard to pick your poison with this team with how well they are coached offensively and how well they limit the chances on the defensive side of the ball uh looks like it could point in the direction for another woodbury central win and they can keep that uh jug in their possession but you know with a game like this coaches versus cancer i believe it might even be kingsley pearson's homecoming night too uh, but it should be a, a really good one out there. Uh, Kingsley Pearson, uh, Kingsley Pearson going for their fifth win and Woodbury Central still trying to stay undefeated. They're, they, they're kind of just like sitting in that middle, uh, uh, for the rankings. They're floating yeah. between like, you know, the, the, the two and six range. They're kind of just sitting yeah. idle. Um, and I think it's mainly because they're just on the West side of the state and not a lot of people from the East and central side pay attention until it's, you know, playoff time. Uh, but it's a team that, you know, it's fine with being the, like, quote, unquote, the underdog or fine flying under the radar until, you know, they meet up in the playoffs because they know what kind of team they have and they know what to to expect. And I think it's going to be a, another good one on Friday out of KP. Yeah, it should be a dandy there. And, uh, yeah, I Coach Bremer just impresses me. I mean, he's steady as the day goes and um, not much changes there. And they play good football under him and extremely well coached. So, uh, for me, if KP would pull it off, it would be an upset um, for sure. Go into a battle of two, three, and two teams. Uh, battle of the the birds. You got the Falcons and the Falcons. Um, so yeah. the Falcons more than likely are going to win that one. Yeah. West Sioux and OABCIG uh, meet off at uh, 
OABCIG this uh, Friday. And really similar teams, I think. You know, one team is a little bit more rush-heavy. One team's a little bit more pass-heavy. Uh, but they do complement uh, on offense. Both both teams do. Um, and some younger talent on this uh, West Sioux team's starting to kind of seem to click um, after their loss to um, Central Lion. They beat Lawton Bronson by one what a crazy back-and-forth game. Yeah. Then went beat M- MVAOCOU <clears throat> um, by 20 last week. And you go to OABCIG, they start off the season, uh, win against Esterville Lincoln Central, which some people didn't know if that was going to be a game they could pull off. Lost a really close game um, to Sac County. Played the the tough West suit, our West Lion team that we talked about, and then had two wins um, after that against MVAO and Ridgeview. Uh, it's going to be a game that's kind of interesting on both sides. You, know, you have OABCIG that's passed for um, 60 more attempts and over 400 more yards through the air, and then uh, you go to the rushing side and only 30 more carries on the ground. Um, West Sioux has over OABCIG, but over nearly uh, just shy of seven yards of 500 more yards rushing. Um, so it's a very uh, kind of OABCIG more pass heavy, West Sioux uh, more run heavy um, than what they've been in years past. Uh, Blake Wiggins on the one side kind of does a little bit of the running and passing. And then on uh, OABCIG side, they have uh, Bryson Kohler and then um, Kelton Ladwig uh, for the quarterback and running back matchup just looking at this this game i know not only the teams are just three and two each but the similarities in the games that they play you know opposite of the the pass and run on offense they're they're pretty balanced what do you see from this game and and what is each team going to have to do to to come out with a victory and, and move to their fourth win yeah that's a great question mitch i think that um oabcig can get it done here um i I like their mix run pass a little bit. Um, and I just I think that as the season moves along here, they're just becoming more more experienced and more settled in to the system that's that they're that they're running. Um, obviously, um, you know, uh, Dejean's gone from last year, so Beckett's gone. Um, so change over there at quarterback. Um, it's taken a little bit of time to get going, but these guys are, you know, Kohler has thrown for 1,046 yards, um, done a pretty good job leading that offense. And, uh, you know, I've, I've seen times where Wes Sue has been kind of leaky on defense. Um, so um, I, I kind of like the way this one uh, shapes up for OABCIG, but it's going to be a heck of a game. And, uh, you know, keep, keep your eye on freshman Jax DeGene. He's really kind of settling in and getting a little bit more playing time on each side of the football. And a thing, OABCG, if they want to be successful in this one, the thing they will have to look for, uh, nine passing touchdowns, uh, which we mentioned from uh, Kohler, but eight interceptions. So keeping the uh, the turnover bug uh, away in this type of game, uh, you go to the West Sioux side, they're throwing for only five touchdowns but three interceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if a defense wants to kind of sit more in coverage, um, like West Sioux would like to sit more in coverage and kind of dare OABCIG to throw the ball, Maybe they get some opportunities to, yeah. to make some interceptions and give themselves um, a better field position, and then you're able to 
kind of open the playbook and run the ball a little bit more than what you would like to. Uh, I think, honestly, whoever, you know, every anytime anyone can win the turnover battle, it's huge in the game. But to start the tempo of this game is going to be huge. I think um, whoever gets the kickoff, going down and scoring your opening drive is the number one goal for, for each team, mm-hmm. um, no matter if you win or, or lose the, the coin flip, just because you can now sit on defense, play with a lead, see what the offense gives you. And even if you do give up a touchdown on your first drive, nothing's hurt because you're now back to being tied and your your offense doesn't really have their backs up against the wall where they have to go out and score. I think the tempo starting early in this first quarter is going to dictate the way that this game goes. Um, but it should be a really good one between two, I think, evenly matched three and two teams. Um, oh, out, out, out in uh, Alphabet Soup, oh, wait, BCIG uh, tomorrow night. Yeah, it should be a good one. Looking forward to that outcome coming through uh, tomorrow evening. Finally, uh, the game that was one of the games of the year, I think, last year. A one-point victory MOC had over Sergeant Bluff, 27-26. It is now Orange City's time to have the homecoming game. They're, they sit at 3-2 and two due to the Dutchman. Warriors coming at 2-3 and three, um, yep. after their overtime win against Boyden Hall, an exciting game. Yeah, um, nice win. You know, you, you come off – and that's the thing, too. You come off a game of that magnitude and that high – do you come back down to earth or do you try to stay and ride that momentum? You know, I thought they would have a little bit of like a, a hangover from the loss against Harlan. Harlan came into town and really kind of roughed him up, but they played really well. Uh, you know, I think Ryan Hoffman's kind of settled into his quarterback role um, and uh, Xavier Ellington's really starting to turn it on for this offense, 746 yards and six touchdowns. He's going to be a kind of guy that they want to limit on the ground. Uh, Sergeant Bluffs ran for a thousand yards um, and MOC only 606, so a little bit difference in, in the rushing attempts and carries there. 5.2 yards a carry. Uh, I know Coach Smith's very happy with that. Uh, offensively, they don't throw the ball a ton. 94 passing attempts for 573 yards. They get down to the red zone, and they like to run the ball after that because only three passing touchdowns to one interception. You flip to the other side. This is an MOC team that really likes to throw the ball. 113 attempts, so just a little bit more, but they've thrown it for 957 yards, 11 touchdowns to only three picks. Blake Albers has had a really good season so far. He does can take it and run it when he needs to, um, but you know I think their tailback as well in uh, Dylan Madstam is going to be a, a key to this one too. You got to keep these offenses to being to where they they have to play their part of the game that they're not extremely comfortable with sergeant bluff that's more of a passing game um, not that hoffman can't complete it she's he's more comfortable um in their run sets and then on moc side they're more comfortable sitting back in the pocket yeah. and diagnosing the defense and being able to pass so just mm-hmm. making a team forcing to their weaker hand yeah. uh, i think will help in this one um should be a good one i think both both teams you know a lot of the guys returned obviously from the game last year and it was just a game that took so much out of each team. And, you know, it really was a coin flip. I think in overtime or at the end of the game, Sergeant Bell elected to go for two and didn't get it. Or, right. or vice versa. Or, yeah. you know, MOC went for two and got it um, type of game to where I feel like the, the records are pretty similar. So one loss, one win away from each of the two. This game has the feel of, of being a repeat of what happened last year. I see a, a game in like the 28th or so. Um, Mitch, who do you give the edge to defensively in this one? Defensively, it's tough. So I like the the linebacking <clears throat> core of Sergeant Bluff. Um, 
opportunistically, I think, you know, MOC has forced more turnovers. Yeah. Um, and, you know, through the air, um, Hoffman's been able to do well with what he has. Um, I think, like, tackling-wise, I would give the edge to Sergeant Bluff. And opportunistic defense as far as turnovers, I would give the edge to MOC. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not trying to lean one way or another and pick yeah. a side. I think right. it's pretty yeah. even. Um, as it goes, and I think it's going to show on the scoreboard. It's going to yeah. be a fourth quarter game for sure. Probably be another one possession win for be somebody. Interesting yeah. one up yeah, there at the turf. It's going to be probably the closest game that's been played there all year with Northwestern, just running up and down on kids. It's <laughs> yeah. it's going to be one of the closer games that you're going to see out <laughs> yeah. in Orange City this year. I guarantee that. Right. No, that's good. Well, that's our discussion for uh, week six already. Uh, high school football. Again, special thanks to our sponsors, CNOS. Sioux City, Ford, Lincoln, and Fairway Grocery. Uh, For Mitch McCumber, I'm Marty Millard, and we'll talk to you again next week.